Paris-Musée Olympic. When sport becomes an art, works of art tell their own stories. A podcast produced by Paris-Musée. Paris-Musée Olympic means having one foot in the history of art, one in the history of sport, and the rest of the body wholly immersed in a work of art. Close your eyes, dive into a painting, slip into your sneakers and saddle up for the Olympics by listening to what the Paris Museum's collections have to say about themselves. Come on then, on your marks, get set, go. Today, we are going to watch Charles and Victor Hugo in fencing gear holding foils in a photograph by Auguste Vacquerie from 1855. Appointment on Thursday in front of Marine Terrace's greenhouse. But who's this Marine Terrace anyway? I've gone all around Jersey and I can't find her anywhere. Hang on. Marine, Marine, Marine. Ah! But of course. <laughs> oh dear, well, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, am I? Marine Terrace is the name of the house. I've been looking for what was right before my eyes all the time the Hugo family. On the flag? That touch is mine. You're getting rusty, dear father. They have been here for over three years now. August 52, 53, 54 and 55. Yep, that's it. 1855. They arrived from Belgium after the publication of Napoleon the Small, the searing pamphlet that Victor Hugo wrote after the Bonapartist coup. He buried his Republican dreams, but not his wrath. So he came to live in Jersey, but that didn't stop him from doing it again. Not in the least. Because a year later, he published Les Châtiments, when Napoleon III is kindly given the nickname of Vile Dwarf. Ah! Come on, Auguste. Get your machine to work. You have to capture this moment. I am winning against the great Victor Hugo. Ah, they're in the middle of a fencing match. It's true that it is widely practiced by sons from well-to-do families. And uh, you have to admit, there isn't much fun to be had on this island. Hello. Hello. Do come in. We were expecting you. Oh, great. I am Charles Hugo. Would you prefer to stand behind Auguste Vacris' camera? Or behind the foil my father Victor has left behind? Thank you very much for your invitation. Well, I think I'll choose the duel. But do I really have to wear this mask? The sport is not without risk, madame. It's important. And best make the most of it. We had quite some difficulty bringing all my fencing equipment all the way from Brussels. Vanguard! Are you ready? As you may have noticed, the official language of fencing around the world is French. The famous en garde, pray, allez, is always announced in French because the French were the first to draft the official rules for fencing. And historians are absolutely clear. The Academy of Combat Instructors was founded in France in 1567, soon followed by the French School of Fencing. <laughs> and to answer your question, <laughs> no, sorry, I'm not quite ready yet. 
You speak of fencing as though it were sport. But let's not forget that a duel is also a fight of honor and often avoids lengthy trials. That is how I personally sought redress from Mr. Vienno Senior after he published a slanderous article about me in his newspaper, Le Corsair. For the duel, the son replaced the father and the meeting took place in the woods of Meudon, near Paris. And what happened then? When do you decide to stop fighting? <laughs> First, you have to select witnesses. I was supported by Alexandre Dumas and Joseph Mary. The terms of the duel stipulated that the fight should cease at the first drop of blood spilled. Unfortunately, mine was spilled first. I got a small wound to the knee, which settled the matter. Because the affair was published in the Journal of Political and Literary Debates on the 5th January 1851. The court of magistrates fined me and my witnesses 200 francs, and Charles Vienno and his witnesses 160 francs. Well, in a few years, we'll use green or red lights to show touches. It's less messy than blood. So, on the one hand, we have a sport whose oldest traces date back to antiquity. And on the other, a form of combat, a face-to-face -face duel, practised all the way into the 20th century. But sometimes the boundary isn't all that clear. Like during the Paris Olympics in 1924. During one match, the captain of the Italian fencing team, Adolfo Contronei, challenged Italo Santelli, an Italian combat instructor who lived in Hungary, to a duel. He reproached him for influencing the referee. The situation became so heated that they ended up fighting a real duel on the Hungarian border. But it doesn't always end in fighting. Sometimes it's just used to dissuade. Like my father did with Jean-Charles Harel, for instance. The director of the Port Samata Theatre challenged my father to a duel because he hadn't sent him the text of his play Mary Tudor. As for my father, he reproached Harel for having suspended the performances of Lucrezia Borgia a few years earlier. So, they prepared themselves for a duel. But in the end, as the fight was approaching, Harel withdrew. He resumed the performances of Lucrezia Borgia and my father sent him the text. Well, I won't withdraw. <laughs> However, before we begin, I would like you to remind me of the rules because, well, I haven't followed all the different changes in fencing rules since it was invented. There are three ways of touching. Okay. Thrusting with the point. Like this. Ooh. Cutting with the edge. Like that. Mm -hmm. And a countercut, like this. Okay. This basically means that the whole weapon can touch your adversary. In fencing, there are three weapons, as you probably know. The sabre, the épée, and the foil. We fight with foils, which means you can only thrust. The one who scores the most touches gets the most points and is declared the winner. En garde! Prêt? Whew. Allez! Quick. <laughs> well, I don't think our duel will make history. <laughs> Touch! Oh. You know, the greatest duels are often political. Actually, my father fares much better against Napoleon III than he does at fencing. Well, may he carry on sharpening his blade and his quill. His attacks will pay off. And you will all be able to return to France and its Third Republic. Well, you'll have to wait until 1870. 
but you'll be all welcomed as heroes. So, are you giving up? Oh, certainly not. <sighs> On guard. Pray. Allez. This fictional dialogue provides an auditory immersion in the photograph on salted paper featuring Charles and Victor Hugo in fencing gear, taken by Auguste Vacquerie between 1854 and 1855 in Jersey and kept in the Maison de Victor Hugo. That was Paris Musée Olympic, a podcast by Paris Musée created by Nuit Noir. Did you like it? Discover the other museums by listening to Paris Musée Olympic. <laughs>